Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to episode 43 of Travel Talks, where today Alex and I will be talking to Emma Walsh. Now, if you don't know who Emma Walsh is, she's a presenter, she's a singer, she's a dancer, she's a former (laughs) star of the reality show Made in Chelsea, a fitness personality, YouTuber, influencer, car and motorsports enthusiast, (laughs) a racer. She's done so much that her life filled with travel and adventure, and we're going to be getting stuck in and talking to her about those stories. Yeah, and she has some incredible stories from her time traveling the globe. She's been on cruise ships. She's She's been in theater shows that have been all around the world. She's lived in numerous different locations, and she has a real passion and thirst for travel, and that really comes across in this episode. But before we get into that, this week's episode is sponsored by Zencaster. Now, Zencaster is an online podcast, an audio video call recording service, and is an absolute game changer for remote podcasting and recording calls. Yes. So if you're listening to this and you've ever wanted to start a podcast, you've had an idea and you want to make it happen, or you've got a podcast which you want to level up massively, then Zencaster is the product for you. Now, you can try it for free if you want to give it a go. And if you like it as much as we do on Travel Talks, then you can upgrade to the professional membership. And by using the discount code Travel Talks, that's one word, all lowercase, you'll get 40% off your first three months, which also, as an extra bonus, helps us go on (laughs) making this podcast. But now it's time to get chatting with Emma. Emma Walsh, welcome to Travel Talks. It's really, really cool to have you on the show. How's it going? What's new? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really good to... uh... To see you both and hear you both, to be fair, it feels like I haven't seen anyone for years. <laughs> it kind of is like that. I went to an event the other day and it's like, oh, when's the last time I saw you? That everyone's like two years ago. It's like, yeah, to yeah. be fair, it has been two years. Crazy, hey? Yeah, it's, it's like, so where are you Where are you in the moment? Because I know you're kind of in between places, right? <laughs> the, gyp- the gypsy life, I think. Um, <laughs> I'm actually in Leamington Spa at the moment. Uh, two of my friends very kindly have uh, put me up. Uh, until nice. I kind of get my feet back on the ground in, in the UK. Yeah, it's been a, a weird a weird year, I think. Yeah, for sure, for yeah, sure. To yeah. say the least. So mm. Emma, we always start with a massive question to get the ball rolling on this <laughs> podcast. And I think okay. this question could be even more poignant for you. So how important is travel to you? Travel has, I mean, I wouldn't have a career, I think, without, well, I know for sure, without travel, it's been mm. the biggest component of my my life and my career. And I definitely wouldn't be, here without that I think so yeah pretty pretty important part of my life for sure so obviously we're looking forward to diving into all sorts of travel stories things that you've got up to throughout your life so far because I think from what your experiences might might entail is a little bit different or maybe more unique to what we've had on the podcast because you've done things that we haven't covered as a topic area which Mm. we'll get onto in a bit but to start let's take it back to the start born in South Africa what was that like growing up 
I had an amazing childhood, I must say. I, I was very. I, when I got older and I was in the entertainment world, I was so angry with my parents for leaving the UK. I was like, "Why did you leave? I could have had these amazing, you know, drama schools and stuff." But I look back now, and as a kid, I mean, we grew up on the beach, and the weather was amazing, and you know, we were skating around the roads and the summer. And honestly, I had such a great childhood growing up in South Africa. The schools were really good back then, and. Uh, yeah, I can't I can't really complain if I look back at it now. And that's Cape Town, right? Yeah, so we were, um, I was born in Cape Town and I grew up in a, a small little town called Somerset West, um, Somerset mm. Rest as we call it as adults because it's quite <laughs> a sleepy, sleepy town but it is next to all the vineyards so I think my parents oh, nice. uh, situated themselves very well, yes. <laughs> so does that mean that sort of like in, in reference to say Cape Town and like Stellenbosch, is it somewhere in between the two? It's actually right next to Stellenbosch so um, away from Cape Town, um, just past Stellenbosch, in the uh, the region of the warmer seas. Nice, Lovely. that's quite, that's quite <laughs> yeah. classic, isn't it? I love that. Yeah, <laughs> the seas are a lot warmer outside of town. We've got, uh, you know, they've got the Atlantic Ocean in Cape Town, which is freezing. So, because that area, I, I've been lucky enough to go to that area a, f- a few times, and like the wine region on there is so beautiful, like it's so picturesque. Um, yeah. And then obviously Cape Town is such a kind of buzzing city. I can't imagine what that. Did you feel at the time, did you appreciate it when you were there growing up or is it something you look back on and now go, you know what, that was actually amazing? I think I did. We made the most of it. We went to the beach a lot and we, you know, we used to hike and I mean, obviously there's all the tourist things like Table Mountain and, but I think every year I go back, I've got either somebody that I know is there or, you know, I'm doing the touristy things all the time, but we always made use of the, the wine farms and the nice restaurants. And, but yeah, I think once you get older and you start to travel, you do, you kind of look back and realise but actually, it's such a magical place, and the food and wine is so. I keep saying food and wine, it's not like a, <laughs> but it is really good. It's really good, and it's so. Um, the scenery is amazing, and I think all round an all round holiday. There's so much to do, like you said. You know, you've got the city, and then you've got the wine farms, and just everything's pretty uh, picturesque. So yeah, I I definitely appreciate it a lot more when I go back now. I think. So we've learned about what your relationship was like with South Africa, but if we look at travel in a broader sense and or cast our minds back to your childhood, what was travel like for you growing up? So I think it was quite difficult for unless you had a lot of money, you weren't really traveling overseas from South Africa, as you know, mm-hmm. it's it's quite far away from from everything. Uh, so we used to do a lot of travel locally along the coast, uh, and I actually only traveled overseas when I was sixteen. So. Um, oh wow! Yeah, so we actually came to the UK because my parents are British, um, and that was my first ever overseas trip um, when I was sixteen. So it was quite a while before I got um, on a you know a long haul flight, uh, and we came here to the UK. And I, I just remember it being manic, and I was like, because I was in a yeah. you know a, my parents were a pop group, so our whole ba- our whole family was very musical, and we were in the theatre, and I was a dancer. So we came here. My dad sent us or we all went to see I think it was almost eight shows in like five days which is like back to back west end and my eyes were just like oh my goodness this the world is so much bigger than what I know and you know I was from a small town and it was just it was crazy and I think from that moment I knew that I wasn't gonna stay in South Africa for much longer when I finished school and that Mm. that was the case yeah so that was my first ever travel trip and it just opened my eyes yeah so like growing up with in, in South Africa with British parents, did you kind of feel like 
you were South African or did you feel like you were British when you were I growing up? I still don't know. <laughs> people, ask, people ask me all the time. I think I had a British accent as a kid and I used to get teased at school. And, you know, I say, okay. um, I say off instead. They say off in South Africa and mm. yogurt and yogurt and all these little, <laughs> these little things that I used to come to school with. So I used to learn to adapt my accent to the group of people which was obviously great for acting because then I could you know do the American do the English and um, so that quite helped me with that yeah. but I think my I think my personality is very much South African but obviously okay. genetic wise my entire family are, are English so yeah I think personality wise from growing up as a kid I would definitely say I've, I've adopted the South African personality I'm very direct and honest <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to be, though. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. I don't know. Some people don't think so. <laughs> you mentioned that trip that you took when you were sixteen to come over to the UK. Obviously, later in life, you then moved to the UK to to London. Do you kind of attribute that first trip to wanting to move to the UK? I think um, it definitely came about after. I mean, I travelled a lot before I came here uh, with mm-hmm. dancing and and singing. And mm-hmm. my first trip was to Singapore for a job and. I then uh, got into a, a musical called Greece, which I'm sure mm-hmm. you know, the Greece musical. And we did a world tour and, and it ended up being back in the UK where they were auditioning for the for the West End here locally. Uh, and that's what brought me back here. And I think it was easy for me because I had the British passport and then there was that link. Mm-hmm. My brother was here. Um, but yeah, I knew I'd, I'd already been here before and I knew there was some great opportunities. So yeah, I, I think that that trip definitely, definitely helped. We'll talk about London a bit more later, but I mean, that is such a unique experience to be able to be traveling like left, right and center over the oh, world right. performing. Like, can you give us some of the highlights of what you were up to, you know, when it first started and where it led to? Um, so, yeah, so singer, dancer, actress was kind of my career for my mm. whole life, I think, until six years ago. Uh, I moved to Singapore for a contract for eight months and then... Then I was back in between Joburg and South Africa. I had an events company, so I did that with with the dancing and singing. And I think then I auditioned for the cruise ships, actually. So I saw the whole – it was intense and hard work, but I saw the whole world. I mean, you were stopping off at a new port every day, every second day. And I made a a pact with the girl that I met on there. She was an Aussie girl. And we were like, no matter what, we're going to get off at every port and just make the most of this trip because no, essentially like we were being paid to travel, right? And we yeah, were being yeah. paid very little, but we were still being paid to travel for free. And um, yeah, we the first trip was um, a lot of Europe. We started in Italy uh, and then went over to the Caribbean. So we did the whole Florida side and um, all the little islands along there. And I think the second trip we did Alaska and then came down the Polynesian islands all the way down to Australia and New Zealand so we saw some amazing places uh, and places that you wouldn't really you know you wouldn't pay to go to you wouldn't you know mm. spend your whole holiday trip on on some some of those places so very lucky um so yeah that was that was majority of the travel um when I was younger just before before Greece and moving here diving in a bit deeper on the cruise uh, cruise ship work yeah what I mean what is that like because obviously Alex and I have zero context of what it's like <laughs> working on a cruise ship for such a long time but you know what is that experience like traveling seeing the oceans but also having a, a job at the same time yeah. I imagine you're kind of working every night or how does the kind of work life balance work um it's another world to start off with uh i can Mm. see how people get stuck in that world you're 
in another reality it's you know you're not paying you're not adulting essentially because you're not the only bill you're paying is your your drinks bill your bar bill um you nice. know there's no you know, <laughs> exactly <laughs> there's no like housing or or any council tax or anything mm. like that um and yeah everything kind of gets done for you it's um it's exhausting i think a lot of uh, we go to la for rehearsals so we'd have six weeks rehearsals before and that's mm. nine to six every day uh, pretty full on you're learning um massive you know they essentially west end type shows and mm-hmm. you're learning four or five of them in the six weeks so it's quite wow. quite full wow. on yeah and then you get onto the ship and you start doing um they call them like i don't know how like spacing and pacing rehearsals where you you're marking out mm-hmm. all your places on the stage and then you do yeah. lighting and tech rehearsals and dress rehearsals and then you're performing we were performing two shows a night on a cruise so it just depended what cruise there was and then you'd get you know the day the days off unless you were rehearsing uh which was a lot of the time because people were off injured or sick and then you'd you'd re-space the whole show so you'd come on and do a different part and yeah so it was quite Mm. for long but majority of the time we had the days off so we'd be working all night um you know you'd finish work at like 11 12 and then kind of wind down so you'd be late nights most nights and then you'd dock Mm. at seven eight in the morning so we were up and out if we were off uh, and you know touring around wherever we wanted to go and then we'd be back on at three four o'clock for for makeup and hair and yeah so it was quite I yeah. think I stepped for two weeks after the <laughs> after the first <laughs> cruise my mom was like you're exhausted I was like yeah I am but um it was it was amazing it was a great experience it's a, a different experience the you know you're in a staff cabin they're tiny it's quite mm. a bit a bitchy world uh some of the people that have been right. on there longer you know they've got mm. their kind of stamp of authority and you know we're the newbies right. and we were just seen as the naughty newbies so we weren't naughty we just wanted to go see everything so we were off and out mm. and um just enjoying our time there so it was it was an incredible experience for sure i know the the cruise ships are massive and they're very stable but obviously there are some oceans that aren't as calm as others do you have any experience of where you've been in a particularly like rocky ship that still had to perform? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> actually uh, Myk- mykonos was Mykonos was quite bad. There was a massive storm. And I remember we were coming into the, the dock and the ship was just going like this. And this captain was just trying to wow. navigate this, not knocking into the dock. And we've, yeah, we've had a few performances where you're, you're jumping and you're jumping and then the boat goes and your feet no. kind of, mm. yeah. And then you what? have to be so, be, you have to be really careful of, you know, rolling ankles and just aware that when the boat was moving, you'd probably be, in the air a little bit longer than you anticipated (laughs) and doing lifts and there was a lot of partner work so there was a I know we had one massive rock and roll show and as you can imagine Mm. all the rock and roll lifts and you're jumping and being thrown and I mean I just giggled I was in fits of laughter most of the time because sometimes (laughs) you're like how are you supposed to perform and keep your feet on the ground and (laughs) smile and um it was quite funny but yeah there was there was a few nights where they can't they cancelled the show because it was actually just too dangerous and the props were going all over the place and so yeah not it didn't happen often but yeah there were some storms that were that were quite quite scary that's intense nice (laughs) you mentioned earlier about making sure you got off every single stop so it seems like you wanted to make the most of that experience that you were in. I wanted, I wanted if we could kind of dive deeper into that and try and uh, pick out some individual travel moments from your time on the trip. Uh, was there any that kind of stick out to you? 
I well, I love the beach, obviously coming from South Africa. So I really enjoyed the Caribbean. Uh, but Alaska was incredible. I got to mm. they do um, passenger trips and excursions and I managed to jump on one of them uh, where they took a helicopter up into the to the mountains and then we went dog sledding with huskies and I wow, your brain amazing. just like oh my god this is the most amazing experience you just it was incredible so there was definitely a few moments like that where it's not something you would do right you're not going to be like oh I'm going to go to Alaska mm. for a holiday and you know it, it was kind of a once in a lifetime experience yeah, but definitely yeah, so I, I would definitely say Alaska was a was a massive highlight for me. But yeah, I just I just like going to new places and seeing all the different uh, you know mm. cultures and stuff. But majority of the time, we just got off and went to the beach. To be fair, <laughs> just no, yeah, it's a rest like, sounds of it. That's it. Yeah. In the uh, in the scenario, there might be someone listening that's thinking about doing what you did. You know, working on a cruise ship, exploring the world that way. Is it a, a line of work that you would recommend? Do you know what? When I was young, it was the best thing I did when I was younger. It was, you know, you got to see the world, you were traveling. I was doing some really high-end shows. Uh, career-wise, it was it was brilliant for my my dancing and singing. Uh, yeah, mm. I would. Do you know what? I would recommend it. I would recommend it. It was it was life-changing for me for sure. You mentioned it earlier about the the world of the theater. You know, you know, off the boats, and you were involved in you know a massive production of of Greece. I'd like to talk a little bit about what that's like traveling with a production you know worldwide because you're with the same people every single day kind of like a cruise ship but I guess you're mm. you're on the land this time but what's that experience like because it must be very demanding but at the same time it's such a cool experience no oh it's so it's so weird because you do I mean I go look at western shows now and it's like oh my god wow this is amazing and then you forget that like just we're all just normal people we've all got mm. our stuff going on and you know the cast yeah, you got. There's a lot of divas, obviously, in some of the casts, and <laughs> there's some. But I think overall, everyone's really professional, um, and we know that mm. you know we're so used to doing this job and just getting up and and no matter what was going on in your life, you had to get up and perform like it was the audience's first time seeing you. So you know, it, you would just switch, and you could tell like people were rehearsing, and people would be, you know, we do our warm ups, the singing, and you could tell he was in a bad mood mm. or some drama was mm. going on there. But the minute the, you know, the lights were on and the curtain opened, you were in character and it mm. didn't matter what was going on in your life. So I think it's definitely, well, I was talking to my friend about this the other day. I'm very good at acting my way through things. And I think that's probably, <laughs> that's probably why when, you know, you're yeah. acting, you have to, you have to put on a performance. Um, but yeah, I've made some really good friends, of course. Um, a lot, you know, there was, there was the usual drama in here and there, but overall mm. it was so nice traveling with a bunch of people who were doing the same thing as you and you know you got to perform for all these people and they loved it and we got to travel and yeah overall it was it was brilliant let's talk more about your time with Greece then because it seems like it's taken you all over the world of the places it's taken you are there any places that kind of stick out to you as the favorite places you've, you've been uh we did well we did a massive South African tour so that was really nice mm. to be in my mm-hmm. home town where you know your friends from school finally get to mm. see you perform in this this massive show so that was a really proud moment my whole my, my whole family got to see me perform which was so nice um and yeah we went to hong kong we went to hong kong with that nice. yeah. um new zealand and australia so there were quite long um little stints in each place so overall we only went to about three or four places and then ended up in the mm. uk so but it was it was brilliant hong kong was 
interesting. <laughs> they loved it there. And but I think New Zealand was nice. Yeah, New Zealand was nice, I think, because it's quite similar to South Africa. So I think we all felt a little bit at home there. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I, I enjoyed it. How long did you base yourself in each place? I think they were about three to four months, some five. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah. So they were quite, quite long stints. So you'd get there, rehearse, you know, put the show up, um, the lighting stuff. And, and yeah, then we'd perform for about two, three months. Mm. So do you feel like you really, you kind of really know these places because you essentially live there for months? You know, I know you're, you've got a very strict, you know, schedule of working, but do mm. you kind of feel like you could go back to these places that you spent so much time in and just be like, oh, I know a great place here. We can go eat here. I know a good place to do things yeah. to do that there. Well, it's a very long time ago. So I'm, not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure things would be the same, but yeah, I guess yeah, we had the same routine every day and, and I had such a lovely cast of, of friends as well. And we, we made quite a big effort to to do something most most weeks and go travel mm. and see stuff. So we definitely uh, we definitely visited each place quite well. I think I'd get a rough idea, but I don't know how different. I mean, this was in two thousand and ten, so it was a really long time yeah, ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think roughly I, I'd know I'd know my way around. Are there any standout memories you have of particular moments, like and not just about this this production, but you know any of your um performance travels where you're like oh this was a really close call or you know this almost meant the production didn't happen or I actually remember something having a heart attack on the cruise ships and the show's oh been God. in the really? audience I know that's a horrendous memory to remember but that's the only time the show mm. really got cancelled for something quite dramatic so that was awful he survived thank goodness but it was all very yeah. like we were just about to go on and they were like somebody was just shouting in the audience and we were like oh my god what's going on like all behind the curtain looking out wow. and yeah, it was really dramatic. And then that's not probably the memory you want to hear. But yeah, that was <laughs> probably the only time that the show really got cancelled. Everyone was such mm. troopers in South Africa. Nobody really went off stage. People, you know, we performed injured a lot and people were sick a lot. And but yeah, nothing, nothing major that would stop stop a show too badly. I mean, the mm. show must go on, as they say. It really yeah, does. Exactly. <laughs> we're like, exactly. oh, maybe they'll cancel and we'll have a night off tonight. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> never happened okay jumping forward a little bit now to what you're up to now um we're talking presenting youtube work i mean first of all how did that all come about so random not planned still wondering what i'm doing <laughs> most days <laughs> um i you know i was such a big fan of formula one as a kid as i said we lived in a small town nothing like that came to south africa uh and i used mm. to race go-karts on the weekend so i was like ballet modern singing in the week and then racing go-karts with the boys on the weekend and I was really good I just kept beating them and I was like I really like being in a race car mm. so I think always in the back of my mind I just wanted to learn how to be on track and learn how to you know handle a car which was such a weird thing for a, a young girl in a small town but when I came over to the UK uh, obviously there's a lot more of that available and I did a track yeah. day and I was like oh my god this is amazing and I happened to be friends with some of the Made in Chelsea people and the show got hold of me and mm. they said, oh, we'd love you to come on and, you know, do something other than talk and have coffee and it'd be great if you could race cars <laughs> and do all that kind of stuff. And awesome. it wasn't something that I ever wanted to do. And um, I don't regret it, but it wasn't it wasn't the best, um, the best experience mm. for me. But, yeah, I went on a race this car and uh, talked about getting my racing license and somebody came... Uh, somebody phoned me and said, oh, hey, we saw you on the show and 
we'd love to sponsor your race license if you want to come and do it. And I was like, Amazing. and then I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> Why am I doing this? <laughs> um, but I just said, yes. I was like, yeah, I'd love that. And throughout when I first got here and kind of decided to not, I think it was my last audition and I just had enough of the audition process. Uh, somebody offered mm. uh, for me to go to Monaco and work on their yacht to look after the VIP people. And I had an event company. So I was like, yeah, I can do this. And they were like, it's not paid. I'm like, I don't care. I just want to, just want to see the formula one. Mm. It was my first race. And <laughs> This was quite a while ago and I just said, I'm just going to enjoy it. And I managed to network a lot on this. And this trip, I would say, probably mm. was the reason for my whole career changing, although I, I, wow. didn't know it, I didn't know it at the time. So this is where travel like really comes into play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that trip changed. It was the worst job I've ever done. It was, so, it was really hard work. <laughs> we weren't getting paid. Mm. We worked all hours of the night, but I made the wow. most of it by making these connections and Shmi was actually one of the guys that I looked after. Him oh, no his, way. Him and his manager. And at the time, YouTube wasn't big at all. Like, I didn't even know mm. that people did this kind of stuff. And, you know, he says, oh, I do this YouTube. I was like, that's so cool. Like, how does that work? And his manager invited me to a track day. And that's how that's how the whole thing kind of came to play is um, that's how I became friends with, with Shmi. And he said he was doing his race license and we should go on the same day and I should film it. Um, and I went along with Seb Delaney and, and Shmi to do our race license. And that was my first video. I was like, why would I film this? Like, no, no one's going to watch it. And <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was that. kind of the start of, of the YouTube. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And for anyone listening that doesn't know, um, both Shmi and Seb Delaney are, are big kind of auto driving uh, YouTubers, influencers, both really great guys as well. I actually didn't know that that's how it all came about. Oh, that's really? really yeah. Yeah. yeah super random it wasn't wasn't planned at all and I think um you know I I always liked the present the presenting side for me is the, the what I'm trying to work on a little bit more now I think I definitely got lost in the the YouTube journalism side with journalism is definitely not my not my forte yeah. um I like the mm. racing side and I, I wanted to get you know to know cars and be on track which definitely definitely helps so now I'm trying to get back into the presenting side of things uh but yeah, Shmi and Shmi and Seb were were the first people that I filmed with, and it was yeah, it was really weird and really really random. I think it wasn't it wasn't definitely wasn't meant to be, but yeah, I love it. Amazing. We, we've seen from your videos and your YouTube channel in general that your love of cars is taking you to, to some pretty amazing places yeah. over the world over the years. Car launches, press trips, road trips. Is there any that kind of stand out to you? Oh gosh, I actually had to go through a list of these to to remember my memories really bad to remind <laughs> myself because we've I've been so lucky we've been I've done some amazing amazing things I would definitely say that mm. McLaren is McLaren's really good at putting on a on a press event we've you know we've mm -hmm. done Saint Tropez uh, the team I think you know the team always makes makes it worthwhile as well and they're such a brilliant bunch of of people girls and guys and we always have so much fun with them so we did a, a big Saint Tropez. Mm trip where they hired this it was like a palace it was beautiful but after dinner we went exploring and we found a band room with a karaoke and <laughs> we had nice. all the, yeah all the McLaren guys like air guitars and drums and we were singing and so they're such a good group of people um and then obviously we drove we drove the um McLaren around Saint Tropez which was fantastic um but we've been to Arizona with McLaren uh, we've done mm. a lot of south of France. Lamborghini took me to the Italian Alps where we were drifting wow. the cars on ice, which was Amazing. mind blowing, right? 
that was incredible um but yeah I've done I've been really really fortunate um to travel mm. to some amazing places with these with these uh, companies yeah that world is is so obscene and amazing but some of those car experiences you've had like real travel road trip you know real driving some of the best driving roads in the world that's almost like cars are a character in travel aren't they and maybe people don't appreciate that as much as mm. as if you don't have an interest in it, maybe you don't appreciate it as much. But do you always find that the, the car is really important to your memory of one of, of those experiences? Yeah, definitely. I think I think about a place and I'll, I'll remember the car. I also find these, I actually find these trips really stressful because being, a, when you're trying to do the video and, and presenting and everything yourself, you you get lost in this, trying to mm. produce this video of, of sometimes you you forget to enjoy the moment so the first mm. couple of years I was really stressed because like, it was not my world and I was on mm. these trips with these journalists who were amazing at their job and you know they they're writing so they actually really indulge in the experience and then go home and write about it where you're you know trying to right. set up cameras and you do all the how is this going to work how am I going to edit it did I link this have I got this shot and you're running mm. around like a, like a headless chicken so a couple of years into it I used to take like an hour and be like, right, all cameras off. Um, I'm just going to enjoy this part of the trip. And, and so I can remember it and actually, you know, be there. Cause I find I'd be coming back from trips and being like, I actually don't remember that trip. Mm. <laughs> I don't mm. remember wow. what happened. You'd be editing and reminding yourself, Oh, that was really pretty. And you're like, mm. Oh, I forgot I was there for a minute. So yeah, later on in my kind of, Career, I definitely uh, used to turn all cameras off and be like, right, let's just enjoy this yeah. for for what it is. Yeah, it's so common. We, that's come up a few times, hasn't it, Alex? Mm, definitely, all the time. I know from myself as well. My own YouTube channel, like, I had exactly the same experience. Like, I would just film stuff and then not remember it, or like, yeah. be so worried about filming something in a certain way that it was almost like I didn't do the experience. Like, yeah, mm. I, I was like watching someone else on camera do it rather than remembering that I did it. Except um, it's your own voice going around in your head, and you're like, I don't want to hear this anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think you touched upon it then, but I, I'm sure I'm, it was definitely the same for me with the car launches stuff. Is that I was almost always the only person doing YouTube on those launches, mm-hmm. so I, I, I kind of be looked at as like, oh, who's this like guy doing like vlogging? Like yeah. all these big time journalists that, you know, writing for massive publications. And it's like, as well, you say that, you know, getting that look when you're on a trip with a journalist. Now I'm a girl, which is even worse. <laughs> yeah, not yeah, only, not only am I the YouTuber who's, you know, this new thing that's come into play in, in our world. I'm also a girl and you know, the, the amount of nonsense and trouble that I got on these trips. And I was just like, Oh, come on. Mm. Cause I would normally only be the only girl anyway on this trip. Yeah. Um, and I've actually had a few people come and apologize for for being actually just quite nasty, to be really? fair, and wow. just not realizing really? how much work we put into these these videos. I mm. mean, you would know. So, yeah, I've had a few people come and apologize. The, the best is on a track day. Oh, I think I did a track day. I probably won't mention names, but I did this track day, <laughs> um, and I was the only girl. Um, and it was, I think, four journalists, like high publications, and, you know, been around for a while. And they kind of looked at me like, what, what is she doing here? Like blonde girl walks mm. in the lobby, like, hi. Um, and I was like, oh God, it's going to be one of those trips. And then they were like, oh, you're getting, in, you're getting in the car. You're driving the car with us tomorrow. I was like, yeah, I am actually. Um, so I stayed away from the dinner that night and then went mm. to the track the next morning. Um, 
and then got in the car and then I just beat them. So and they were like, we're so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, oh my goodness, I didn't know that was you behind me. I was like, yeah, get out the way, thanks. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I had one of them come in and he's like, I'm so sorry I judged you for, you know, being a girl and being blonde. And I was like, that's fine. I'll just carry on and just prove it on track. So I think it's difficult. I mean, it must be difficult when you've, and I don't get too offended because I understand like, you know, they've been in this industry for a long time and it's changing. So, you know, mm. you do, you get, you know, a blonde girl who you don't know comes in and, you know, like yeah. I get it. So I'm not that bothered, but yeah, I got it quite a lot to be fair. It's good that you just get to whip them on track there. Yeah. <laughs> That's the right way I to try do. really hard. I'm like, come on. <laughs> so Emma, we, we always do these hypothetical situations on Travel Talks. It's become kind of part of the show. I think maybe because in the last year, it's all we can do. Yeah. Just yeah. dream about travel. So it's become like part yeah. of the show. So we've kind of created one for you that's relevant to yourself. So okay. if you were going to create a dream road trip location and the car, which you were going to do it in, what would that look like? I actually get asked this a lot and I find it difficult because I change my mind all the time. <laughs> a new car <laughs> yeah. comes out. I'm like, oh, I like that car. Yeah. I think, yeah. um, I mean, South Africa's got the most amazing roads. I say this a lot. True. Mm-hmm. When I first started YouTube, we drove these, these amazing mountain roads in between Italy and France. But then I'd also try, I'd like to try something else. I'd like to try something new, mm. you know, when you explore something new. So this is why I have a trouble answering yeah. this question because <laughs> I can't <laughs> quite pin, pinpoint what, what I'd want to do. It would have to be something with the ocean scenery, probably. I drove the Lamborghini Evo. That for me yeah. was an amazing driving experience, like everything all together. I absolutely loved it. So maybe mm. a Lamborghini, probably the STO because <laughs> I'd love to I haven't driven it so I'd like to try um that car maybe let's just go with the STO in Cape Town Alex do you, do you have do you have an answer for this do you, do you have something you'd like to do um well I'm gonna be driving through Slovenia so that's gonna be amazing I just know that's gonna be awesome I'd like to do a long road trip all through Italy as well to kind that of I nice. think it's a country which just has so many different elements to it as well and it's just very I kind of yeah, it differs region to region. So I think that would be amazing to explore in a car. Maybe an open top Ferrari. Yeah. yeah. Well, just going around because Italians love Ferrari. You'd just be getting everybody yeah. be looking all the time, wouldn't they? That would be cool. I've got one that's like really James Bond and like uh, Italian job influenced. Oh, it's nice. just like a, a Ferrari 250 GTO, like around the Swiss Swiss mountains in Italy, oh, you know, Dolomites. Oh, nice. And they're all like a, an old like Aston Martin DB5 or something, you know, just like yeah. classic yeah. old beautiful car old like e-type something but then on the other flip side i'd love to take like a defender through the amazon or something like real mm. adventure that's a good one actually that's a good experience because that would be yeah that's not just mm. driving drive that's full-on experience that yeah the car would be properly put through its paces yeah well. like, you'd, you'd need to bring a <laughs> yeah. whole toolkit with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure for sure We're taking a short break from this week's episode to talk to you about Zencaster. Yes, so Zencaster is an online podcast and audio video call recording service and is an absolute game changer for remote podcasting and recording calls. Now, we spent absolutely ages <laughs> trying to find a method that worked for Travel Talks with our recording, but nothing was really hitting that 
quality level that we wanted mm. until we tried out Zencaster. Yeah, so what we love about Zencaster is that you can record video and audio locally as you chat. So at the end of the call, you can download the files without any of those awkward internet delays or interference, just as if you were sat offline in the room together. And the good news is you can try Zencaster absolutely for free to get a taste of what it offers. And if, like us, it massively helps improve the quality of your podcast and the production value of your recordings, then you can upgrade to the professional membership and get a tasty little discount by using the discount code TRAVELTALKS. That's one word, all lowercase, and that'll get you 40% off your first three months subscription. So Emma, we, we have these staple questions on Travel Talks, which we put to every single person that comes on the show. Okay. And the first one's quite a difficult one. And I think especially for someone like yourself, who's traveled all around the world. And who is indecisive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even harder then. What's your favorite city in the entire world? Oh gosh, I don't, I'm going to have to say Cape Town. I can't not say Cape Town, right? Yeah, fair enough, fair, fair enough. I think as, as we were speaking about earlier, just an all-round good place to be in for everything i think uh but yeah obviously because it's it's where i'm well and that doesn't necessarily mean anything where you're from but I, yeah i would say yeah. cape town would be my favorite city and i think because i'm most familiar with it as well as someone who's not been to cape town yeah and th- there'll be people who, who are listening who also haven't been to cape town explain to me what it's like what, what's the appeal what, why should i visit cape town uh so cape town reminds me a lot of it's almost like a monaco australia but it's very, mm. yeah, it's very European looking, the actual city. But then you get mm. all the vineyards that are absolutely beautiful. Um, the scenery is mm. amazing. The food and wine, like I said earlier, are incredible. You probably won't have a bad meal. It's extremely mm. cheap if you're coming from the UK. Um, nice. I mean, the last last time I was there, it was like 18 rand the pound. So you'd be, you know, full course, six course meal with wine and everything is you just offer to pay for everyone. You're like, I've got this, no problem. Yeah. It's really cheap. <laughs> um, I think the flight is easy. It's um overnight flight. There's no um mm. time. Well, there's an hour or two hours time difference. So no jet lag, which is nice. You can travel That's far great. enough. The weather's good. Uh, you get the coastal scenery, all the good drives. And then I think all the touristy stuff, the Table Mountain. There's just so much to do. In, yeah. in Cape Town, yeah. it's, it's a good all-round trip, and then you get obviously the safaris if you go inland. And so I think all round, it's yeah. a it's a good a good holiday. It's got it all. It, yeah, for Cape Town for me ticks two major boxes that all, in my opinion, all the best cities in the world have, which right. is like cool interesting you know uh vibrant city but then surrounded by mountains <laughs> mm. i love that yeah, like so you South can get America, out get all the time. <laughs> yeah yeah and it's a small city as well so you don't feel you, you can get out of it quite quickly it's quite a quite a small area so okay so we've got cape town as your favorite city can yeah. you name your favorite country that you visited oh man um oh you have to give me some oh yeah i'm really good with options if you give me three options okay. i can choose one <laughs> Uh, if you if I said to you now, like, what's one of your most fondest travel experiences? Where would you go to? South of France, probably. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of like, cool yeah. driving. I imagine through that, like, I can yeah. imagine that. But yeah, like holding a a, a good yeah. spot. Yeah, like you say, the nice driving roads, the laid back approach. Um, they have the best rosé ever, <laughs> and really good. <laughs> nice. I like you know the food as well, and I think just mm. in general the the scenery, the you know Cannes and Monaco and anywhere kind of laid yeah. back and chilled and you know you can just lie lie on the beach and just 
relax is quite quite nice. Obviously, as someone who's visited so many different locations, both on uh, on cruise ships, but also through shows and staying in places for long periods of time, have you ever visited anywhere and kind of thought, I could put my roots down here and make mm. this the place that I live? Um, LA, actually, that was I actually mm. went moved to LA for a few times to try and to try and make that work. At the time, I was you know doing a lot of uh, films and movies and stunts and. So mm. I went over and got a got an agent there, but I, I don't have the passport or, or the visa, so it was quite challenging. But I think LA at the time, because it was what I was doing, um, lots of mm-hmm. opportunities for movies and and TV series, um, and just in general, the you know it had the sea and the the usual. I felt quite at home yeah. there. It was quite similar to to Cape Town in a way. Uh, so yeah, I'd, pro- mm. I'd probably say LA. I don't know. Maybe now still, but not as much as it as it was before. And would you say that as a traveller, you prefer visiting cities or going to more rural destinations? I think the convenience of a city is great, right? And I'm, you know, struggling yeah. to decide at the moment whether I move back into London or not. I don't like a lot of people. <laughs> you know, like being around <laughs> a lot of people all the time. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I think that's going to be fifty fifty for me, only because the the, the headspace I'm in at the moment not not being yeah. able to decide whether to go back but I like them both pretty. fair enough so you, you've spoken quite a lot about food and drinks I'm excited about this section of the show because all of us have got a passion for food and drink so yeah. to start us off would you consider yourself a foodie yeah I do like I do like I've said mentioned food a nice. few times so yeah <laughs> <laughs> so in your opinion then where is the best country in the world for food oh my god I keep saying South Africa that's so but um Italy I like Italian food and I like, like I said earlier, I like the French, you know, the, the Mediterranean, all the fresh like vegetables and, you know, fish and anything that's quite, I'm quite healthy anyway. So I do like that kind of. Quite light, isn't it? Light. Food. Yeah, light Mediterranean type food. So probably, yeah, France mm. or Italy would be, be good. But but then again, South Africa's got an amazing, amazing reputation for having good, good food and good restaurants. So What does kind of like traditional Cape Town <laughs> food look like? Because I had bunny chow, but that was in Durban. That's Durban, yeah, that's, that's yeah, yeah. so Durban, yeah. Cape Town's pretty good, obviously, for fish and sushi is, is amazing. Uh, the steak, if you, eat, if you eat meat, is, you know, always very good. Traditional, I mean, a braai is t- traditional, right? Like, call that a barbecue in, in the UK. Oh, right, okay, is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're both like, what is that? Is that what the hell um, is a braai? Yeah. yeah, so it's a braai, a braai is like a barbecue. They use wood and that's really traditional i think if you if you don't know how to fry in south africa you're you're definitely frowned upon um <laughs> but yeah i think burravos do you know what burravos is no what's no. that so burravos is like like a sausage type thing i guess uh a little bit more smoky you would 100 percent be getting burravos on a braai if you went to south africa to somebody's house they would be making that for you <laughs> we're going to ask you to cast your mind back to a particular dish or a meal you've eaten at some point in your life which sticks out to you is there is there something you can pick out for us the greek restaurant i think it's called opera in dubai actually with two of my friends i went on holiday with we had the best time and the best meal i've i've had in a while and then obviously we were cra- nice. like smashing p- plates and dancing around so i think nice. overall that experience was was pretty high up there they had this hummus dish with these lamb pieces that I've, nice. I've 
I'm not a big lamb person, but it was the nicest thing I've ever. You know, when you take a bite, and you're like, "What mm, is this? No, this really. is so good." Mm. So we we've been quite positive on this podcast. So this is <laughs> going to be the only negative time I would say on this yeah. entire podcast. I'm going to ask okay. you: Is there a place from your entire life, all of your travels, that you would never go back to? Oh, this is quite controversial, I think, but this is only because I had the worst experience um, yeah. ever. Um, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't go back to Thailand. Um, wow okay I know right everyone's like why um, <laughs> I had a terrible time it was it was a terrible time and then I ended up being alone on this trip and it just wasn't I won't say I'll never go back I just wouldn't it wouldn't be first on my mm. list to go to go back to sure. that and then also Tahiti believe it or not okay, Tahiti, interesting. Okay. yeah I was like where's the beaches from this postcard like mm. where is this <laughs> <laughs> I want I want to go to this beach false um, advertising false advertising and a lot of the locals were like no those beaches aren't here those are like the islands next door and so we were tripsing wow. around for hours trying to find just a nice beach to lie on with a pina colada and just enjoy our, enjoy our day off and I was actually really disappointed in Tahiti so on the flip side of that are there places from your travel your travels that you visited that you think I need to go back to that place there's so much more to see I wouldn't mind going back to Hawaii there's a real strong beach vibe going throughout through here I like it can you tell (laughs) I'm not really a cold holiday person I wouldn't I wouldn't choose that over anything else but I would like to explore Australia a little bit more I didn't see I just went to Sydney and Melbourne so okay um, I wouldn't mind doing the Gold Coast and and kind of that that side of it as well so the final question i suppose arguably the biggest question of the entire podcast something which we put to all of our guests bucket list destinations what sits right at the very very top of your bucket list and why actually no, i've never been to bali another beach destination okay. for you yeah. <laughs> i feel like that's not very adventurous of me to say but i have been i have been to quite a few places i, I wouldn't mind trying out new stuff for sure Maybe there's mm. there's places that I haven't quite thought about that are secretly awesome. Emma, thank you so much for joining us and and, and chatting about all your travel. Uh, I'm really glad we got to have this chat because, you know, like we said at the start, such a unique travel mm. life. You know what you've been up to and how you've explored the world. It's been amazing to have you on. Yeah, travel's definitely been, as you can tell, like if I didn't come here, things would have happened. If I didn't, you know, go to Monaco, that wouldn't have happened. So, yeah, I very much mm. owe owe my career to to traveling and being able to travel. So. Thank you so much for having me. Final thing we'd like to give the opportunity for you to do is is to mm-hmm. direct anybody to what you've got coming up, you know, YouTube channel, anything else you'd like to push people towards. Now's your chance. Um, um, where can people find you and see what you're up to? Yeah, probably I've taken a bit of a, a step back with YouTube at the moment, just trying to get my presenting stuff um, on the go again with some brands. So I've been trying to focus on that. So I'm, I'm quite active on, on Instagram, which is at Miss Emma Walsh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'll probably find me there for now until I kind of figure out and get my feet grounded again in the UK, then I'll then I'll start up with the uh, the YouTube again. I'd recommend following Emma because she gets up some really oh, cool okay. stuff and presenting wise as well. You've done so much already, so we're we're looking forward to seeing what you do next. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It was lovely to uh, chat to you guys. So there we go. Love a little chat with Emma Walsh, who has some very unique travel stories. Yeah, really unique. I have always wondered what it would be like living and working on a cruise ship because you do get to see so much of the world. Yeah. But at the same time, you've got to live on a cruise ship. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of the, it's a really, really unique way to travel. Obviously, there's there's people that travel the world as like air hostesses, cabin crew, pilots. But of course, they don't have to base themselves on the uh, kind of 
aircraft and live there permanently. So it's, yeah. yeah, really, really unique. Are we going to see you on stage soon, Saunders? I've had my time in the, in the spotlight in bands and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but probably not, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was cool also hearing about some of the like car related stuff that Emma's done because yeah, you know, really I've, cool. I've got a, I've had a taste of that world but she's like next level like some of the stuff that she's driven in these places yeah. like it's literally the car travel of stuff of dreams I know so many people listening to this will be so envious of the things she was up to like driving across ice in a Ferrari I mean it does sound something like straight out of James Bond um, of course if you enjoyed this episode then make sure to let us know drop a, a, a subscription to the podcast let us know in the mm. reviews rate the podcast and also get in touch on social media about your thoughts and any questions you have yeah the podcast is doing really really well at the moment so we kind of want to capitalize on that progress on that momentum so if you've got a friend anyone who you think might be interested in travel talks and remember it's not always about travel there's always something you can learn from our podcast so if there's someone who wants to start a life on cruise ships maybe you could suggest this episode to her or robbie knox's episode try and get someone into skiing there's always something for everyone for sure i mean like we've covered some really varied topics you know like let's just say outside of the travel stuff if Mm. you're interested in olympic sports or snowboarding you've got amy fuller if you're interested in adventuring and doing like big crazy expeditions you've got uh king in it and chris ramsey yeah if you're interested in what you know what being a motorsport champion is like and how you like completely transform your life to go and chase your dream you've got nick cassidy i mean there's so many options so yeah if you know anybody that likes any of those things and more let them know because as you probably know if you're listening to podcasts word of mouth is so important there's only so Massively. much you know algorithms and search engines can do over you know someone being like oh have you heard this podcast or have you heard this podcast with this guest mm. it was great you know, it, it means the absolute world for us if you can do it mm. we are already of course so grateful for everyone that listens uh, and helps this podcast grow week on week but you know we can always get out there to more people and we would love for you to help us do that absolutely mate and of course guys we're going to be back next week next monday with a brand new episode so make sure to come back then planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 